to another episode of Yorona Pero Chingona. Yes, yes. Eden here. Yes, here. And a special guest. Alexis. <laughs> well, today we're going to start with some little affirmations. Yes, so I have started to do this thing with guests where I will present to you an affirmation that you might need to hear at the mm -hmm. moment. Um, and then we will just kind of like have it out during the time and then at the end. Yeah. yeah. Feel yeah. the energy okay. out. Yeah. I like it. I also brought some of my crystals. Not all of them, just some of them. <laughs> my little... I see some amethyst. Um, a little yes. amethyst cluster. Yes, my little amethyst. I love those for protection and... I feel like y'all speak the same language. <laughs> <laughs> Kindred spirits. <laughs> I'm feeling this one. Okay. We have some special guests. Come on, Elena. Elena in the background and our producer Hansel. <laughs> okay, so if you guys want to share what it yours says. Mm, creativity flows for me. I am a divine creator. Ooh, Ooh powerful. Creating an episode today. Exactly. I, I'm in the flow. That is true. It is true. Very true. Mine says, I am ready to go big, rise up, and step into my power. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Mine says, I am a light worker in disguise. Well, now you guys know. Not so much. <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. anymore. <laughs> it's not a secret. I don't have to talk about it. I can just be it. Okay. I like uh, it. Yeah. What about you, producer? Yeah, producer. I'm uh, willing to see my sameness with others. This opens my awareness to oneness. Ooh, mm. yes. Source energy. What about our special guest, Elena? What's, what does your say, Elena? What does your affirmation say? She's like, I can't read it. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> we can read it for you. Have you done it? I bring peace with me wherever I go. Aww, you do. You're a little peacemaker. <laughs> and she's whipping her hair back. Yeah. Back. <laughs> okay, so how's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. Um, I just realized that um, the ayahuasca retreat is like in two weeks. Mm. No. No. Yeah, about, about two weeks now. And so I'm really excited, but also really nervous. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't think people know that, right? Oh shoot! Yeah. So if you want to share, <laughs> yeah, want to share a little bit of what that is. Yeah. And... So um, I've been wanting to do this, um, and it kind of just fell into my lap, where I was, uh, <coughs> I was messaged by by someone really special, <laughs> and she was like, "Hey, we should do this thing." Um, and I was like, okay, we can definitely do that. I've been wanting to, um, it's been like maybe two years since I have, um, become a little bit more spiritual, mm -hmm. um, just in general, just diving into the spiritual world, mm -hmm. um, and learning more about that stuff. So I decided I want to do this. I've healed a lot, as I've said before, but I also feel like there's still a lot that I put myself in my way. Like I have like a block of like. I guess like believing in myself mm -hmm. so I want to I need some guidance or I want to get something um, revealed I guess to see what's what's in my way or why 
Yeah, help clear your path, illuminate it a little more. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I'm so, really excited for you. Thank I've heard you. really good things of of that and like I'm I'm a little scared myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, Plant medicine is amazing. Yeah. It's but amazing I tool. I've heard really good testimonies yeah. from it too, so I'm I'm happy for you. And I can't yeah, wait to hear your testimony too. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. But also very nervous. Um but I'm glad that I'm getting off my meds in time for for this trip mm. and um yeah yeah that's important yeah Definitely. so I, I guess i can bring on my the person that i'm going with at with an episode at some Ooh. point so that'll be nice I think that'd be really cool like talk about your experience mm-hmm. i feel like that'll be really nice yeah. stay tuned guys yeah i'm looking forward <laughs> to that <laughs> what about you alexis i am feeling really good honestly i think that i've gotten into a good flow with life and have just been like really loving on myself and I feel like that has really been a full circle kind of experience because I notice the thread that runs in between all of the parts of my life that if like I'm loving on myself properly then these things just feel so much easier like Mm -hmm. life just feels a lot smoother and I'm really excited that I have a womb wellness full moon circle coming up on this saturday so that's something i look forward to and i'm just like super grateful that i get to be here yeah, with y'all and get to connect coming. i'm really excited i haven't seen alexis since we graduated college yes literally yeah and when i reached out to her like a couple of weeks back i was like i'm looking forward not only to see her but to have her here today which i feel like that's my check-in for today i'm really excited to reunite with old friends but also to catch up a little bit yeah I mean I think ever since I asked you to be my co-host you're like I have the perfect person that we want we should interview <laughs> I think since that moment like you, you've been on her mind of like yeah. we need to reach out to Alexis yeah. she's really cool that's well, like, yeah meant well, to be I'm here now <laughs> <laughs> well with that being said our guest for today is a Texas State alumni with a bachelor's degree in family and child development She has been a nanny, a camp counselor, an early childhood interventionist, and a former Peace Corps volunteer. She has harnessed her knowledge from previous endeavors and now has her own doula services. Name is Soli Luna Postpartum. Um, As part of her role as a postpartum doula is to educate, nurture, and uplift and serve families. Um, not only does she have her own doula services, but also she started a reusable menstrual pad um, program where her goal is to empower young women by providing them with resources to take their menstrual hygiene into their own hands. Please welcome our amazing guest, Alexis Ramirez. Thank you. Wow. So many <laughs> endeavors. Yeah, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Yeah, I Definitely. can see that. <laughs> I need to catch my breath. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Yeah, it was. That's a lot. That was such a, oh, sorry. That was such a great intro. I'm like, it's only been two years, four years. I know, a lot can happen in four years. I know. All of that. Yeah, all of that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. All of that. Well, with that being said, what makes you a Yorona and a Chingona? Pues chingona no más así soy. Eso es eso. I feel the vibe. Yeah, I'm like, it's just who I am. It's in my nature. But I think a big part of, like, the chingona aspect is just, like, living in my authenticity and being a genuine person who shows up very 
presently and wholeheartedly in any space that I enter. And I was talking to my mom about this earlier. Like, I have the freedom and the liberty to not have to switch up how I am in any given space because I've put that work in to find my authentic self, A, mm -hmm. and B, because there are so many women that have come before me and my family who have sacrificed so much, who are chingonas themselves, that have allowed me to stand on their shoulders to be myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I had, I didn't have to go through the hardships that they did in order for me to be as free as I am. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a big part is like constantly being thankful and grateful for that and not forgetting where I've come from. I think, like, because my family, yeah, they're dope. Like, son mujeres bien chingonas. So, like, they also inspire me. And I feel like that's a big part of where I get it from. And the ser llorona is just, I'm very in touch with my emotions. I cry when I need to. Mm -hmm. I like, I'm really in tune with my womb and all of the things that make me a soft and caring, nurturing woman. But I also, like, because of what I do, that's like such a, I, I have such a maternal energy and like a soft essence to myself because babies are very pure mm -hmm. and they're very sensitive to energy. So I feel like, I I just show up that way. And mm -hmm. I haven't always been that way. Like, Yorona is something, like, Chingona is so easy to claim, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at least for me. Yeah. <laughs> because, You're, yeah. It comes yeah. my blood. Exactly. I'm like, that, that's... I'm born Chingona, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pero de ser Yorona is like, that's something I've definitely had to ease into. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, depending on how we, like, we grow up in our environment, we're kind of, like, taught or not necessarily forced, but we grow up in this environment that kind of shapes us. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we can be shaped into only being chingonas or mm -hmm. only being lloronas. And I think when it comes to reaching that, reaching that other part of us can be a little difficult when we're not used to it. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I do love your explanation of chingona. I think that is so true. We do come from a very long blood of Chingonas, of course. Yeah. yeah, it's like we gotta like praise and thank our ancestors and the people before us mm -hmm. because you're right. Like we, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. so. And yeah, like them making the sacrifices they made allowed us the freedom to be who we are, and that's like no small thing. Like yeah. that's that's they gave their lives, you know. Literally. Well, um, de Tell us a little bit about your roots, your raíces. My family is from Michoacan. My dad is from Michoacan. He was born there and he came over when he was 14. My mom is an anchor baby, so she likes to say that she was like, you know, assembled, made halfway in Mexico and my grandma hopped on the train, came over with her and like she was born in the, like, in Texas, so my grandma and my grandpa are from, and essentially my mom's side of the family is from San Luis Potosi. Mm -hmm. So that's how we made our way, or like, you know, my parents met in Dallas, and I was born in Dallas, and I've like moved around since then, but 
I've spent a lot of time, like we moved when I was 10 to Austin and I feel like definitely shaped me a lot as a person growing up in Austin versus I think if I would have grown up in Dallas, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much, I feel like in summary, mm-hmm. where my, my people are from, where I was born. And now I live in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just a Texas girl. Through <laughs> it. Sounds like it, yeah. yeah, you're the true meaning of a Texas girl. I am a Texas girly. Yeah. I can't fight it. And my name's Alexis, so it just rhymes. It goes together. Texas Alexis. Yes. Texas Maybe we should make a rap song <laughs> or something. If yeah. my brain could work that fast, <laughs> I know. Let me get a, give me a beat. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yes, you're about to start being <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so you mentioned your dad being born in Mexico mm-hmm. and your mom. Anchor baby. Anchor baby, yeah. right? Um, so were you, I know as a first gen, pretty mm-hmm. much your mom was like a first gen a little bit more. But what about your first gen experience? Because even though your dad, like, you know, your dad was born mm-hmm. in Mexico, what was your experience like, not only like growing up, but also going to college and even now? Yeah, I think that growing up, I mean, my family very much made it a thing for us to always go back to Mexico. Like any break we got for mm-hmm. summer or for Christmas, like íbamos para Mexico to go see my dad's side of the family and we would go see my mom's side too. So I've always felt very connected to that side because it's like it's la familia like we go to see our family over there exactly Mm -hmm. so that was something that I'm really grateful now I think growing up it was very much like bro people are taking vacations other places like can we go somewhere else you know but like I'm now looking back I think it's beautiful that I know one place so well and it feels like I have a sense of home there you know and I'm really really grateful for it and I, I was in AVID from like middle school to high school, which is a program for like first gen college students to get that support that comes with navigating what all of the things that come with wanting to even pursue going to college. Yeah. Like if you don't have somebody in your family that has done it before you, then it's hard to feel like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, I don't really feel like I have help. So being in a program like that, like they helped pay for my SATs and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it was just really nice to like get to go explore colleges and see what my options even were. Because I think if I didn't have the space to explore that, then I would maybe just be doing something else. Maybe something that seemed more practical or more Mm -hmm. like there was a clear path because... I'm, I haven't taken a very clear path. I did get my degree and I graduated, but, and I use my degree, but in my own way, I don't have, I have my own business and I provide postpartum support and I use my degree, like I said, but Mm -hmm. I've taken a different route and I've just really been appreciative that I've had guidance along the way because being first gen, it's not... It's not a clear path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely not. And like you said, like being first gen, you're clearly leading, like initiating the path for mm-hmm. your people mm-hmm. um, in regards to like reaching like 
secondary education and like all that because without the hand holding like especially I mean I know like in my experience the counselors at our school would be the ones who like did workshops where everyone would meet with all the classes and we would like talk about applications and they would get the vouchers for the SATs mm -hmm. and the vouchers for applying to different places um, so yeah without that hand holding I don't know that I would have gone to college no definitely how, yeah you know? I know it's and crazy I, and I think that um, Alexis was like a huge part of my college experience because I mean I had you guys like Yessi and my other friends but we didn't have the same career path mm -hmm. like they graduated before me I stayed behind and having you in my classes it was just like something to look forward to but mm -hmm. not on not only that but also someone to hey what's going on like you know be there and be on the same page which is something that I feel like we, we were always yeah. like what is going on and like, yeah I'm like do you see this like are you feeling the same way yeah. yeah yeah I mean yeah I mean having someone to compare the struggle with and like just kind of like validate like it's not just me I'm not crazy right yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's always nice I'm glad you have yeah. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> and now she's thriving which is my next question can you tell us about your career what do you do now of course so I feel like I'm in a transitional period of where I want to like evolve my career just because I do have my own business so I have the freedom to do so I don't have to stay in any one space or in any one box and I get the liberty to decide and feel out what resonates with me and what no longer is serving me. And I feel like just the title of doula is something that I've come to realize is not necessarily super aligned with me because the word in and of itself means an enslaved woman, like an enslaved woman that helps. And that's not something I want to reaffirm in my reality. So I honestly see myself more as like, a womb worker, somebody that holds space for people that have wombs, for all the things that come with tapping into the power and the intuition that we store in that part of ourselves. And that's really like what I see for myself in my business and womb wellness isn't just uh, about having like supporting people postpartum or having a period or being pregnant or any of the birth worker things. I feel like it's something that's spiritual and really beyond what birth work and just doula work in general is now. And there is, there are a bunch of people that are spiritual, but I think that it's like, it's so much of the essence of who I am that mm -hmm. I, I want to lead with that now mm -hmm. in what I'm doing. I don't want to just have it be like something that's on the side. I feel like I've put in the work to really connect with my own womb and let go of the shame and the trauma that comes along with being a woman because I'm sure both of you know that it's, it's something, being a woman is a beautiful thing, but there is a lot that's put on us and that we carry and that our womb stores. So that's the energy that I'm tapping into when it comes to my career is just yeah. streamlining that and being a space and sharing space with women in that way to help them heal and get in tune with their own intuition. I love that. And how did you find yourself like wanting to do this work? I think that it came very naturally as I've 
evolved and discovered more and more about myself as I've done more of the internal work. Like I was saying, just in me connecting with my own womb, I felt very called to just continue to hold space in that way with other women. Mm -hmm. And it just feels, it feels like a calling, just like postpartum work very much felt like a calling for me. And it's still like something I'm very passionate about. I love being community for people during the postpartum period. And I, I'm good at it. Like I love what I do. And I feel like that shows up in the kinds of people that feel aligned to my support and what I do. And I think that I'm answering your question in a very like roundabout way, but (laughs) (laughs) essentially it just felt very natural. Yes. (laughs) We love it. (laughs) So can you explain to us like what is wound work? Womb work. So there are a lot of components of womb work. I think a lot it's for me primarily energetic because think about how long you've lived with your womb and like, the simple fact that you can connect to it by physically feeling it, by finding where your womb is, by connecting to that heartbeat, by sitting and breathing into it and really feeling what comes up when you touch that part of yourself. It's such an intimate part of yourself and it's not something that we kind of write it off as like, oh, my period or, you know, like don't see the power that it holds like our womb is telling us things when we're releasing darker blood or when our period is taking longer to come or when you're having a yeast infection or you're experiencing recurring bv like all of these things are intuitive wisdom that's coming from this part of us Mm -hmm. because if it's able if this part of us is able to create life and we can tap into that then we can create so many other things we can create projects and new ventures and use that energy in a different way it's not just something it's not just a vessel for human life it's a vessel for creative life and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that we can do to make sure that we're taking care of this part of ourselves so i think womb work involves yoni steaming it involves meditating it involves just like sitting in that power and that intuition that this part of us holds and like i'll share the first time that i even like felt my womb it just like so many emotions started flooding and coming up because it is something that like has held a lot of shame and a lot of hurt and a lot of Mm -hmm. trauma so like connecting to it and like releasing that was like oh like oh okay like something is happening and like continuing to like cultivate a relationship with my womb is something that it's like it's just heightened my intuition that much more yeah and like being able to yeah do that with other women I think is exactly what I am supposed to be doing that's awesome that is really I guess like my question is how did you like fall into like into even trying room work I know you said that mm-hmm. you, you've done a lot of like work on yourself and you don't want to go into that mm-hmm. that's completely fair um but I'm just like wondering like is it something that you're like oh that's interesting I, I think it. being a postpartum doula and providing postpartum support I like have always seen birth work through the lens of 
ancestral wisdom and indigenous wisdom because that's me like soy mexicana mi gente viene de allá so like that's what feels natural for me to connect to that wisdom that already exists because of my ancestral lineage and i connected with a partera her name is marta rotingo i hope i'm not saying her last name wrong she's from ecuador and i did like a un taller virtual con ella and she had us touch our womb she had us she like does sobadas and can like if a baby is breached like help get them in the right position and she like like sobadas everybody knows una señora que hace las sobadas you know mm-hmm. pero también hacen sobadas de matriz like that is something that women in traditional midwifery style of care in el rancho like hay una señora que hace sobadas para eso mm-hmm. so that's something that like I've I still want to learn how to hacer sobadas de la matriz but the first time she had us like sit there and like actually find where our own uterus was was mm-hmm. like such a powerful thing and gave me that like mm-hmm. oh okay like this this is something and I think that for a little while I was just kind of like am I am I being a little crazy like I think <laughs> that it's hard sometimes to like I've had a it hasn't always been easy for me to share of my spiritual self just because it feels so like intimate to me Mm -hmm. but I think that as I've continued I realized that like using my voice and really letting my light shine in that way only attracts the right kinds of people Mm -hmm. so I don't Mm -hmm. want to like dim that part of myself anymore so it just feels like yeah. yeah and I feel like that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you to our podcast because I feel like now talking about the womb work and everything before that, like even with the postpartum and the doula part, not a lot of people know about that. Like, you know, they've heard of it, like curanderas, Mm -hmm. like solanderas, Mm -hmm. um, barderas, all of these things from ancestors, like you said. They probably think, oh, well, that's in the past. Like Mm -hmm. now we have doctors, we have all of these Mm -hmm. people who are professionals and do that, all of that. Yeah. But we still have people who do that. Well, and it's like, it's, yeah, ancestral knowledge that has been passed down from generation to generation. And obviously, we've had healthy babies born. I mean, my dad was an at-home rancho baby birth you know <laughs> like it's very it's like if you ask a lot of our tias and tios they 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 probably themselves were born you know yeah. like that so it's it's just the i can get on a soapbox about the medicalization of birth very quickly yes. and that could be the entire rest of this episode but we could do a we could do a different episode about that yeah i would love to get into that oh definitely you know, I, I definitely think so too because i like you like also i'm like feel called to like more my indigenous side and mm-hmm. stuff um and it's funny because and it's probably a little bit off topic and i'm probably ranting a little bit but um every time that i go to mexico i'll ask my grandma grandma are we like indios like are we indigenous or like what are what are we mm-hmm. and she's like mija look at your skin yeah like, <laughs> like yeah you're 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 indigenous and i was like okay but like from where yeah because <laughs> i i feel called to do that you know like and it's a lot more natural, and I do think, like you said, and this is probably, like you said, another soapbox, but, um, like, Western medicine is just so, like, a lot of man-made, like, chemicals mm-hmm. that are being put into, mm-hmm. um, you know, our systems and stuff, and, like, finding the alternative, more holistic way that has probably worked for, like, thousands of years mm-hmm. to, like, practice now, I think is, like, 
it's, it's not very talked about. Even finding like a holistic doctor can be yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I very much appreciate the holistic perspective. I think that that's also something that I feel like I've shied away from because there are always going to be people that are like, but there's this study and there's this, but Mm -hmm. it's like holistic medicine and those studies, a lot of times there are studies that are going to back up the holistic perspective anyways. So it's like, you just have to really like trust yourself. And I feel like we look for wisdom so much outside of ourselves that we forget that we have all the answers already. Yeah. I like that. And I, so when my sister was, went into delivery for Mm -hmm. her baby, I was there the whole time. And I was like, even before that, like I used to be freaked out for the whole like pregnancy and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. But just seeing her fight through everything, she went on medicated Mm -hmm. and all of that. And just seeing her go through all of that gave me, that little push of like, okay, I got it. Like, Not you, know, you being a dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, you're like just casual. I was basically a doula. You're like, you're telling Annabelle in her ear as she's like giving birth, just just reach within. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it gave me the hope that maybe one day when I have my own kids, like you know, yeah, our bodies are meant to do these things. Do mm-hmm. like without any help or maybe some help by encouragement or everything mm-hmm. and like mentally too um if we were not able to do it we would not be doing it exactly. right and it's those kinds of things that a lot of times i know that um, like you know a lot of families out there are fortunate to have families mm-hmm. and and maybe like there's other like how you said like so banderas or like la matriz mm-hmm. and like maybe there's other like holistic way to do it and definitely maybe, I don't know, like, you know, maybe other people are great believers of that and others are not, yeah. um, but I'm really grateful and I, I feel like we can come back and have another episode where you oh, For definitely. sure. <laughs> I'd love to talk more about that. For sure. Uh, all right. Well, anything else to add on your career? I know that um, I mentioned about the reusable pads. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. So... I am one person and I can only do so much. I very much like gave it a good go on making my own reusable menstrual pads to like sell them and have the proceeds go to my community back in Zambia. I was a Peace Corps volunteer. So in my time there, I really wanted to do the work to help eradicate period poverty. It's something I'm very passionate about and my village name is Mulumbi. Shout out Mulumbi. They um, they were really supportive in any project that I wanted to, you know, establish. And I got evacuated from the Peace Corps pretty like quickly and like really unexpectedly because of the pandemic. So I made it a point to like go back and still establish that program with the reusable menstrual pads with my one of my counterparts Kelly his wife Emily has still like stayed in contact with me and I continue to like send her resources about like how to make reusable menstrual pads they've like there was two groups of girls that have gone through it and were able to make reusable menstrual pads and I have continued to like send them resources like I said just like lesson plans and things to help just get that education with what happens when 
you have a period like what does taking care of yourself look like Mm -hmm. what does it mean to now be responsible for this part of your body and I feel like it's definitely work that I want to continue I just broke my sewing machine because I made too many pads (laughs) so it's been a bit of a standstill but I'm still working I like have recently started to collaborate with Divine Drops which is an amazing organization that um, I'll be helping them with doing like fundraising stuff and I like and still very much doing the work to like do the mm-hmm. continue to eradicate period poverty but it's just kind of look different and flow differently than like I maybe had anticipated but I still mm-hmm. have stayed connected and really yeah. try to do as much as I can because I am just one person you yeah, know yeah you are so the reusable pad so you, essentially you show other people how to make the pad yeah or you also make them and you sell them. So I had been doing that, okay. but now I just have given the resources for not only like the women and girls in my village to do their reusable pad making, but mm-hmm. like for them to also share the information with like yeah. the surrounding villages and stuff. That's amazing. I mean, I, I think even having that resource here um, for like our homeless population mm-hmm. would be like super great as well because that's one of the things that like the pink tax like mm-hmm. well and period poverty it i think a lot of people think that it's more of like a quote-unquote third world problem but really the disparity exists in our own mm-hmm. in our own schools in our own i mean yes with the unhoused population with I mean, hell, it's even expensive for, like, every month, you know, to go and get products and stuff. Like, it's the pink tax. It's it's real. It is. And not only that, but also the education behind Mm -hmm. periods. It's very, I feel like it, growing up was like, oh, yeah, you're this age. You're going to be expecting your period soon. Like, what Mm -hmm. does that mean? Like, when you were talking about taking care of yourself for your period, I was like, because am I doing it right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I feel like there's still some sometimes where I'm like, I feel so energetic and very good, and mm. there's other days that I'm just like, oh, yeah. But that's yeah, that's our Freudian rhythm. Like our hormones fluctuate consistently throughout our cycle, so it's natural that like when right before we're about to get our period, our hormones start to dip. So therefore, our energy starts to dip, mm-hmm. and so we just like being cognizant of tracking your own cycle and knowing like okay I think I'll have the energy for this this week and like I'll probably not be feeling super hot this week Mm -hmm. so like I might just want to chill and take it easy like that in and of itself gives you so much power back because you're not just thinking like oh I'm just being lazier I'm just Mm -hmm. feeling this way like no you're in tune with yourself so you can give yourself that much more grace yeah that's so interesting to me like Probably TMI for you listeners, but like growing <laughs> up, I always had this um, very, um, what is it called? Like not regular cycle mm-hmm. where I would have it maybe one month and then like two or three months would pass and I would have it. Mm-hmm. And every time that I would have it, it would last about two weeks and it'd be like super mm-hmm. heavy. Like I would stand up and I could just feel that. The gush. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I hated it. Um, and I think, like, my experience with that definitely made me, like, not want to, like, get close to my womb mm. um, and not want to, like, 
deal with you know the struggles of like having blood coming out mm-hmm. of you and like the pain and the and all that so I could for myself I can definitely say that I've def I've like I guess avoided it and now being on um like birth control I don't mm-hmm. even get it so I'm wondering even like how much am I missing out on connecting with my womb now that mm-hmm. I don't even get my period much less like having something like so artificial inside of me like mm-hmm. what harm is that even doing to my womb I don't know questions questions <laughs> yes no I I personally had been on birth control since I was 16 until the age of 20 like two I think I got it taken out and it was because I was constantly trickling blood so and I similar to you was having like I would go without it for months and then all of a sudden I just like could not stop bleeding for like weeks Mm -hmm. so I I took it out and I was able to like get in tune with my cycle and I feel like it I've been reading the book Sacred Woman by Queen Afua and she talks about how birth control is basically like you're putting like a muzzle over your womb you're not allowing it to fully express in the way that's natural to itself and it's it's a blessing that we have access to mm-hmm. birth control and to forms of contraception because it allows us uh, the luxury of not having to question whether or not we have to raise a life or you know just make those decisions because it's your body you do what you want but it's it is something that you do have to weigh out the the risk and reward mm-hmm. like if it's something that you truly feel like you want or yeah. you feel called to continue to do yeah and I, I think like it's it's really hard for like the more spiritual beings or people because I mean like I had this conversation with my OBGYN mm-hmm. um, about like getting off my contraceptive because I'm like, I've had it for a while. Like, I kind of want to know what it feels like to be off it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to be more in tune with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, with my soul, with my body. And it just so happens that I have a womb. And, like, a natural cycle is the most natural thing. And it's a blessing to even have that. Mm-hmm. So, like, even connecting with the icky part of, like, being mm-hmm. a woman is, I think, is important in trying to you know, be your authentic self. And so I had this conversation with my OBGYN of like, I kind of want to take it out. And she's like, well, what, you know, what are the reasons? And I was like, you know, like trying to just become more in tune with my spiritual self. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, are you ready to have a baby? And I was like, well, not really. And she was like, and she was like, "Um, maybe, you know, you have like two years left. Why don't you like, if you were to get pregnant do you, what would you like would you feel like a lot more stressed if you know you were to get pregnant or would you feel like okay with it and I was like I'd probably be really really stressed but I wouldn't like you know mm-hmm. um I wouldn't do things that maybe I would do like in the future like I feel a lot more secure now than I ever did when I was like younger and just mm-hmm. doing all the crazy stuff um so yeah it was it was interesting and so I was like okay I'll just wait it up it's fine everything's fine <laughs> yeah. but it's just um I think, like, like you said, like, and I don't want to go back into the genre, like, Western medicine really puts all these, you know, um, 
non-natural things to be used in your body. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful gift that we get to connect with our wombs because it, like you were saying, it is a natural part of us and Mm -hmm. it's something that just gives us so much information about ourselves and if you think about how we are we aren't like separate from the earth right like we have those natural rhythms inside of us so getting to know it and have like an intimate relationship with it i think can really empower us as women and i've felt very empowered since i've gotten more in tune with that part of myself definitely yeah i love it (laughs) well um do you have any advice or anything that you want to share to any other people who are maybe trying to follow the same path as you? Maybe are trying to get in touch with their womb. Get in touch like, with their what, womb. What do you suggest to people do? I would say to get in touch with your energy in general to begin with. To really sit with yourself and know what it feels like to live in your most authentic expression because things naturally trickle down. Like I think that womb work is some very deep, deep work to kind of dive into head first. So just start with, you know, maybe doing a nice bath while you're on your period and doing like a gentle heating pad or just simply tracking your cycles. Just keep a, I keep like a little journal like a mini planner where I'll write down the day that I started my period, I'll write down what kind of flow it was. Or if I'm having any symptoms, like my boobs will usually hurt like a couple days before I'll write like, Oh, today my boobs kind of hurt. Maybe I'll get my period in a couple days. Like just get to know your own energy and your own body mm-hmm. before you really dive into things that maybe can be a little heavy and intense, mm-hmm. you know? Just ease into it. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Yeah. I think I'm going to break that down. I, I, have, <laughs> I have, like, so many questions that I can, like, go into and just, like, ask you. Okay, so I know, like, in a sense, I see this, and I'm, like, I feel like I'm in my zone because it's, like, spiritual and, like, yeah. you know, natural I stuff. You guys <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I know that, like, when you share sexual energy with others, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you're essentially having someone like you know get inside inside of you (laughs) sorry to be so explicit hey it's a reality (laughs) but um like you're you're sharing this energy with this person Mm -hmm. so i mean i and and based on what you said that like your body or your womb will communicate with you Mm -hmm. certain things and what is right and what is wrong so what are your thoughts on someone who's being sexually explorative and sharing space like mm-hmm. physical womb space with other people who might not have the greatest intentions. I think that it shows up in our wombs, definitely. I can just share from my personal experience when there have been times where I've been intimate with people and it's not aligned with me, really. My womb will let me know. Like, I think that I get yeast infections more easily and I just feel kind of irritated in my vagina and I noticed that during my cycle I'll have a lot a lot of dark dark old blood and it's like you're holding on to something that's not serving you you need to let it go Mm -hmm. 
And that's been like, the times that it's happened to me, I'm just like, oh God. Like it's only really happened to me like once. And after that, I was like, okay, like I get the message loud and clear. Like (laughs) I'm not messing with you, girl. Like me and you have a good relationship. I'm not trying to mess this up just because Mm -hmm. of a temporary little like... Exactly, like, like oh. a uh-huh, exactly, <laughs> like, I wasn't even feeling you all that much for you to be throwing things off with me and my girl, like, nah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. So, if y'all getting yeast infections after... If you're getting recurring BV, baby, don't mess with that man. That's all I got <laughs> to say. Let them go, girl. Oh, woman, <laughs> yes. Go. Because also with women, it's happened to me, I had a partner where I was getting BV a lot, and her and I were not actually compatible and it's like my body my womb was telling me that but at the time I didn't have the knowing and I wasn't as connected to my womb as what I am now yeah, so that's so interesting I was in a really toxic relationship and I would always get BV mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like BV she's very angry yeast infection she's, she's like, like look <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're the sign exactly you know? like, yeah you want me to tell you even louder uh-huh. <laughs> he's like not- baby the knock <laughs> is only gonna keep getting louder um so how um should we be taking care of ourselves down there for the people who don't know how even please please stay away from anything scented your vagina is supposed to smell like vagina also our gut health very much influences how things are running not only mentally, but in our womb, it's all connected. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. but it's something that like our gut health, our mental health and our womb health are all connected through this vagus nerve and they send messages to each other. So if you're not eating right, if your gut is off balance, if you're putting things in your body that aren't really fueling it properly, then a lot of it can also be reflected in your womb. So stay hydrated. Yeah. Stay hydrated, mm-hmm. eat foods with probiotics, really like yeah. just love on yourself yeah. in that way. Also, PSA, if your vagus nerve is being affected, your emotions might also be out of whack because mm-hmm. that's what um, activates our parasympathetic and our sympathetic systems. And those are our, our reactives like fight or flight, freeze, and also like being able to calm down. So if you're feeling anxious all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> Check your gut health, baby. Yeah. Damn, I need to go on a diet. <laughs> no, it's not a diet. No, it's, it's, I think I think it's more of like checking that you're not consuming toxins, whether mm-hmm. it's on your body, whether it's in your gut, whether mm-hmm. it's like visual, like like um, mental, even social media. Yeah, social stuff. media. I think it's like consuming things that like definitely align with you and like your body and make sure making sure they're natural. Yeah, because we consume in all kinds of ways, definitely. Yeah, but, you know, I have all this knowledge, but to ask me if I practice it all the time, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But I think that we also have to give ourselves grace because we don't live in a society that's set up for us to thrive in that manner. We, We are very much in a society of convenience and living in accordance to what we really need and getting in touch with ourselves in that way is not convenient it's not convenient at all it means you have to cook more it means that you have to put your phone away more and 
just really do things that are outside of what we have normalized for our society. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. You did make some changes in my life. Good changes. Yeah, positive. Always yeah. in the right direction. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, I think I, I asked do you have another question? No, I think that's, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> well, I don't have any questions that I can think of, but I know where to reach you. Of course. But where can people reach out to you? You can find me on Instagram at Soli Luna Postpartum. I am also wanting to start my own podcast. So my Instagram for that is Soli Luna Rising. That's going to be the name of my podcast. And my website is Soli Luna Postpartum also. So. Okay, I have a final question. Yes. Why Soli Luna? So for me... Soli Luna is very just timeless. Like it's the sun and the moon. I provide support for postpartum during the day or at night. So I do overnight support and I do daytime support. So it felt natural. And also I love the balance and the duality of the sun and the moon and just the energies of the sun and the moon are so distinct and different, but they complement each other so well and we need both of them. And that's, and I wanted something that like, Honestly, I came up with my name while I was painting. I had like painted this really beautiful butterfly and was just like, a sun belongs here and a moon belongs here. And then I was just like, oh, like Soli Luna. Like that's that's the name of my business, so. That's so cute, I love it. Okay. Your dog is named Sol. And my dog is named Sol, yes. I remember <laughs> Yeah, I have a tattoo now that's the sun and a moon too. Oh, really? Yeah, cute. so it's just been very like, just natural. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm very <laughs> so. Yeah, Solani. Solana. Um, guys, don't forget to go shop on casadiosa.co or casadiosaco.com. Ten uh, percent off if you use code LPC capitalized. That's CSC's business. We're we're supporting everyone. Oh yes, yeah, women-owned businesses. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, and we'll make sure to put her handle and all her information in the description of the podcast. Um, yeah, like and subscribe, everything, guys. Share it to everyone who might need some work in their womb. Yeah, or who is clueless about what womb work is or anything. And thank you, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy I got <laughs> I to connect with you guys. Now. I am really happy, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode like we did. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, just reach out to us or reach out to Alexis personally. Um, thank you, guys. And remember, recuerden que aquí si lloramos. <laughs> yeah, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to go after me, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what she said. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.